episode 251 of Global From Asia. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Okay, everybody, I'm in the airport, as you might tell. Air Asia flights are always the most fun. Lots of people enjoyed my on-the-go intros in the buses and vans. So today, let's try it from an airport. I won't do an interview. At least I don't think I'm crazy enough to do an air- interview at the airport. I actually did interview a guest at while he was at the airport due to his flight delay. But, um, you know, let's see if this loud intercom pops up again while I do our intro and outro for Global From Asia episode 251. It's uh, it's great. I mean, things have been rocking and rolling. Thanks. Uh, I, I really am bummed I missed FBA for you. It's a meetup. I saw some great photos. I'll put a couple. Chris Davey, he's been a guest a couple times on the show. He's been doing a great job. And Juju or Cindy also. I'm not sure if she listens to podcasts or not, but she does great. I'll put a clip in the... Uh, he sent me a photo. Thanks also. Uh, Global Asia and FBA for you always try to help each other out. So that's awesome. Also, the guest today, Danny McMillan from Seller Sessions, I believe I met through Chris. Uh, both are from the UK and the European sellers. Well, they sell globally, but that's the world we live in. You know, people all around the world. I was literally just talking to somebody, uh, a couple um, married with kids like me, Korean wife, German German uh, husband living in Thailand. You know, That's just the life we live in. But I guess I'm not much different. <laughs> Chinese wife, American guy, kids in Thailand. But So I'm actually at the airport since you're here in the intercom. I am going back Bangkok back to Chiang Mai. Some some things in the works. Uh, some some actually some factories and business stuff happening down in the south of Thailand that I will update you all about soon. But this week's show, I'm going to jump into it. We'll also do the blah blah blah. I know Russell Smith enjoyed that in our uh, GFA VIP group. Was saying he really enjoys the blah blah blah. With the, maybe we'll get the kids there. They're watching airplanes right now. But this week's show. Is Danny McMillan, like I just mentioned, uh, Seller Sessions podcast. Definitely recommend checking that out if you haven't. Definitely one of the top uh, e-commerce and Amazon podcasts out there. He really gives amazing content. This guy knows his stuff. And today we're talking about some new things happening with uh, people that have registered brands. I actually was able to access it after he helped, he helped me out getting in. You have to have brand registry for Amazon to get some extra data, and we talked today about some of that. And also, he's got an amazing event coming up in about a month from today. So if you're in London or can make it out to the UK, definitely recommend. It's going to be a monumental event, first time ever. The first events are always the coolest because that's where uh, people are you know, making things happen and uh, finding the right fit. And I'll also talk some blah, blah, blah about how I used it the tool as well as just branding in general and brands and in what I think is some of the trends and importances of it. So without further ado, let's tune in to Danny McMillan. 
Are you looking at brand registry and other benefits of being an actual brand? This is the future of e-commerce and business in general. So make sure you get your trademark set up correctly. Our partners at trademarks247.com or 247.com can help you get set up online fast, easy, and the right way. Get the info you need as well as the services at www.trademarks with an S 247.com. Okay, thank you everybody tuning into another Global From Asia show. We are here and bring it back one of my more popular guests, Danny McMillan from Seller Sessions out in the UK. Thanks for coming on today, Danny. Thanks for having me. Sure, it's always a pleasure. And, you know, you've been at some of our summits and uh, you, you're, uh, you're doing quite a bit there. You have your own, your own amazing show that's growing, Seller Sessions Podcast. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of your live event that you're doing and amazing stuff. Um, for those that don't know you, do you want to have a little bit of more intro? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Danny McMillan. I'm an Amazon seller. Um, I also host the podcast Seller Sessions. We have an event uh, which we started this year called Seller Sessions Live. Um, I also do a bit of content in the UK for Amazon. I've just done a recent pilot um, webinar with them. And um, we have a, an agency called Databrill. And Databrill looks after seven and eight figure sellers. We take care of all their PPC, et cetera. And um, it's a technology-based company. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much me. Great. Yeah, that's great. Making things happen. So today, there's obviously so much we could talk about, but I think an interesting topic we prepared was brand analytics that's, that's somewhat recently just came out. Do you, exactly. yeah, do you want to share a little bit for those that might have not even heard of it? Yeah, I mean, brand analytics won't be there for everyone. Your requirements are you're going to need brand registry wherever you are. It started off in the US and it's been rolled out. You can now get it in the UK and get EU data on it. Um, so obviously with brand registry 2.0, now you need to get a trademark. So you need to double check this, but there are ways and means, or it used to be this way up to recently, whereby as long as you had a trademark in a select set of territories, like, you know, in the EU, like UK or Germany, for instance, or the US, that was good enough to utilize that for your brand registry in that uh, territory. Obviously, that trademark doesn't cover you for that other country. So if you've got a US trademark, it doesn't cover your trademark for the UK or in the EU, if that makes sense. But it was up to recently, you need to just raise a ticket for Seller Central. Um, but you, you, you know, if you can, or you don't have a trademark, one of the advantages that you can do is that we submitted our own trademark in the UK, it took eight weeks to spend 220 pounds. Whereas in the U S it's a lot more expensive and it can take up to eight months to get. And then obviously you've got to deal with appeals and rejections and stuff like that. Mm. If anyone opposes the, uh, the mark, but yes, it's down to having brand registry. Um, so when you log into your seller central account, you should be able to see that under the, just trying to think of the tabs. If you go to, yeah, the reports tabs, uh, as you scroll down, you know, example, in the UK account, you've got payments as in seller coach, and then you've got brand analytics, which is just uh, above the business reports. Mm, okay. Yeah, we have to definitely check into that. I, honestly, it's so complicated. I, I have brand registry 2.0 at the, with our cell, Sisitano, but then there's like yeah, a different you, area you, you gotta go. 
Yeah, see, the the thing what you got is Amazon seems to make it more difficult in terms of its presentation of it because people get confused, right? Because what's happening in there is you, you've got, you, you know, you, you're, you're logging in and you've got keywords, okay? So when you're logging in and you're utilizing the system, what we're used to using is keyword tools that show search volume. What this is is search frequency rank. So, for instance, if you were just to log into the UK at this given time through the periods of the 7th to the 4th to the 13th to the 4th of April, the search frequency as it stands at the moment, uh, you know, if it's up to date, will be number one will be wireless headphones and then number two be headphones and then number three is Bluetooth headphones and et cetera, et cetera. Right. This goes on and, you know, there's thousands here. So the frequency is basically how many you know what is the number one searched search term on amazon at this moment in time in the uk is wireless headphones and then the second most recent you know highest frequency of searches is for the search term headphones and then it's bluetooth headphones so effectively the three most searched for items on amazon in the uk at the moment are wireless headphones followed by headphones followed by bluetooth headphones what it doesn't give you is a search volume Mm-hmm. does that make sense and i think that's where people start to get confused with it because what they're doing is they're just seeing these rows of data all right yep. so when 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 you just got those rows of data you're left there to interpret this yourself now each of these search terms uh, as you'll go along so you know for instance you've got headphones you're going to have two other metrics which again confuses people right one is called click share the other one is conversion share so click share is just the percentage of the total clicks that that asin received for all asins not the click-through rate of the asin right Mm -hmm. and then you've got conversion share this doesn't represent the conversions of sales for the given search term but it's the percentage of total sales for each of those asins received for that keyword so um, it's basically working on a, a percentage basis. It's not like it's, it's the totality part of it. Does it make sense? So it, it, it kind of confuses the language confuses. I mean, I may be confused. Someone might be <laughs> go, no, 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 it's wrong. But it isn't. That's the problem with it. It's not user friendly in the sense mm. that when you look at it, you're going, wow, okay, viewing two, 215,660 rows. Where do I, where the hell do I start with it? You know? True, true. But yeah, it's I mean, very, very powerful. Yeah. People got excited when it first came out. Some people could see it. Some people couldn't see it. And uh, so what, what would you suggest people use this for? I mean, you know, I think most people think about volume, right? Like obviously I always, I mean, this easy search volume, you know, like demand, but what would be some use cases for when people? You, well, well, what you do is you filter through the data. So one of the things I've found it kind of useful for is not key it, it, for, for product research, but discovery. You know, like you've got the search tools, you type in the search term, okay? And then you go and discover, and then you look at your Chrome plugin or if you're, whatever device you're using, and then you'll look at it, and it's giving you an array of options in terms of the, the sales volume, um, and they'll show little charts for sales history and stuff like that. Yeah, so you've got your jungle scouts, your helium tens, and all those kind of things, which are great, right? You're never going to replace those tools. They're always going to be in play. But with something like this, what you could do is you could do a search term. An example, if I type in the word oil, 
right? And I just hit, hit search. This has given me 2,005 ropes. Now, it's going to give me various different options, essential oils. It's going to give me bio oil, hemp oil, tea tree oil, um, essential oil diffuser. So what I'm looking at now is, well, I may, I'm just typing in the word oil, but it's giving me different ideas to go, well, actually, uh, Jehovah oil is the frequency of the search is, is 2,355 on Amazon. So that's the, yeah. So basically, that, that that search term there out of every all the products on Amazon that sits in two thousand three hundred fifty fifth place for that search term. Does that make sense? So I might actually click on that and go through. And I know it's a, it's going to be a competitive uh, industry, but just to give an example, mm-hmm. once that clicks through onto the landing page, then I can start introducing my product research tools, and then I can get an idea of the search volume the competition, etc. Does that make sense? So what you're doing there is that it's, it's, a, it's a random way to start the process off for product research mm-hmm. um, because you may not think of any of these search terms. Like, you, you know, if I, if I carry on scrolling down, um, I don't know what uh, cuticle oils is. I'm doing this on the fly, yeah? So if right. I click through and see what cuticle oils are, Okay, they seem some sort of site uh, protection now oil. Okay. Uh, but these are all pretty low price, so I'd skip that, and then I'll go back in, and I'll keep scrolling down. Obviously, you've got Omega fish oil. <laughs> That's going to be a bit out of control. Cod liver oil. Neem oil. I have no idea what neem oil is. Yep. So I can go and have a look at that. So, okay, price points are these, $12.99, $13.40, $25.90. And then there's some lower price. Like the best seller is nine seventy five. so... It, you know, and then the, the second one is five ninety nine. So it's kind of the pricing is trash in the market there. So you may skip that one, or you might find an opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you've got bio oil gel. Now, now we're moving further back into the seven thousands. Now, if I then quickly run one of my tools on this to see what the sales are like. Yeah. So the top performing ones on this one, for instance, is two thousand and thirty seven in the UK. Um, then the second to that is, I know, 1,125. And then there's a bit of a drop-off, right? So this might be coming down to a branding thing and dominance uh, into the market there. Um, and then you can look at the revenue, you can look at the BSR, you can look at the reviews and stuff. So it's just a free tool that happens to be within inside of your Amazon account okay. that you can act- activate, right? Now, another thing where it can start to become interesting is if I change the range now, right? So let's just say I want to look at seasonality products. It depends if Amazon provides a date. I'm going to see how far I can go back here. But let's say I want to go, well, what's been sold in October? Now, you associate October normally with, um, with like Halloween and stuff, don't exactly. you? Yeah, exactly. So, so let me have a look. I'm going to click on that period and apply and see if it gives me any data for that period. So I'm just waiting for this to load at the moment right so now what i'm looking at from that period from the 21st of the 10th just leading up to the 27th of the 10th um i can see here we've got halloween costumes for women is the second most searched and then halloween costumes for men is the fifth most searched and then halloween costumes for kids is the ninth most searched in that period 
Mm-hmm. So it gives you an idea. It's like some people might just go after Halloween products. You know, they might say do cups and T-shirts when basically the biggest uh, opportunity there, what people are searching for, showed by Amazon data, is that they're using Halloween costumes for kids, Halloween costumes for men, and Halloween costumes for women. These are the kind of products, if you're going to do in that window, why not you try and rank for those, get in there early, and then focus on sourcing those kind of products. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So you're, like you said, it's kind of like discovery. It's like uh, getting suggestions and ideas. It's getting suggestions and ideas. Yeah, without having to have the input, maybe from the keyword first it's more like seeing the environments kind of exactly so you can use it date periods product research you can download and schedule you can look at all different aspects of this data it's down to creativity how you're going to use it you might download that data which you can you and then just drop it into a pivot table and have a play around that way you know just getting Mm. different ideas of how you can utilize the data um Again, at the end of the day, it's Amazon's data and it's free, and hopefully it'll start to build on that. Um, obviously, Amazon are going to keep rolling out different elements here that's going to give you more benefits. I think in the US, they're doing location and, and spend and stuff like that, you know? So they're mm-hmm. providing more and more data uh, as time goes by. But it's definitely, for me, a powerful tool, uh, definitely on the product research to get ideas where you might not want to go for top top-end products um, that are in high velocity, you might be looking to sneak into those different markets. Now, another thing you can do is the search time. Um, So if we search for something like neck pillows, for instance, don't do that product, kids, Um, (laughs) in the UK, then what we'll do is we'll give you some variants on those search terms. Now, you can then take those and then you can dump them into a PPC campaign or you can dump them into a campaign and look what the suggested bids are as well. And when they shows that there's suggested bids in there, you know, there's some sort of volume on Amazon as well. So it just gives you a bit of an indicator. Um, it only gives you only so, amount, so much amount of keywords, like three, maybe four. You know, so it's not going to set the world alight, but it's another way of getting, uh, you know, free search terms so we've got here neck pillows which is 41,705 travel travel neck pillows for airplanes is 71,331 and then neck neck pillows for traveling is the frequency on that is 7,413 now 41 is a bit far back and so is 71 but that might be if someone's selling neck pillows for the first time there might be a good option there on that search term that could be uh, in terms of relevance and it might give them some you know micro conversions over a period of time outside of the main search terms okay got it and mm-hmm. and uh you know i i don't know about other listeners but the when i hear brand analytics i mean to me it seems like shouldn't it, i mean i guess why do they why do you is there any relevance to the name i mean i think of it's kind of like wouldn't it be something like monitoring or data about your, your brand name, your, key, your keywords around you, you, what you're selling? Is there anything like that in this? Or, Yeah, I mean, that's a, a good question. What you've got to ask is why did they give us this data in the first place if we start there? Now, there's a lot of word about antitrust going on at the moment in and around Amazon. 
because they're selling their own products on the platform, etc. And there's this issue in, uh, I think it was in, um, in India, when, where Amazon were banned from selling their own products out there because they didn't want it to be some kind of a monopoly on their platform. And just shortly after that, brand analytics appeared. Now, you could try and put both of those together or not. Now, the other side of brand analytics, why it's probably saying that as well, is because when it gives you a search term, it gives you three of the top ASINs for that search term. Then you can click through and look at those brands to see how they're performing and get some ideas from those as well. Another part of the uh, discovery, this is just working off the top of my head here, is that well, if you find stuff that are further down, uh, that, you know, that are more niched, for instance, obviously niches are going to work a bit better in the US because it's more spread out. But you, you go and niche down and you click through to them top three ASINs and you take a look at them, you might find that they're poorly optimized with rubbish images. And that gives you another indicator of going after that. Um, that area as well because you can add value in terms of optimizing your listing properly mm -hmm. makes sense so yeah i mean of course it's it's been people been confused it just came out yeah i feel like it came out of nowhere nobody was really expecting it and then hmm just um it's interesting that's a lot of data that amazon's spilling and they're adding to it but maybe as well is that Amazon are trying to attract the bigger brands as well. Yeah. True. So, you know, they're, they're, they've got the AMG and there's, there's programs in place where minimum spend, I think in the U S it started out about 30 K a month for their off platform and retargeting um, platforms as well. So it might be that the brand analytics thing is if they're trying to keep up with say Facebook, or they're trying to keep up with Google, who give you a lot more metrics to implement into your campaigns. So maybe they're doing it from that point of view as well, saying, hey, look, here are some metrics, see what these people are doing it, and then utilize it for yourself on your own campaigns. Whereas they weren't given this kind of data up in the past. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but I mean, I've seen some of your posts on LinkedIn and others about, you know, Amazon getting kind of scary with their ads right inside of right inside yeah, of mean, your listings. So uh, you know, that's right. So you had a, on the button buy button. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy almost. Yeah, yeah. So the, what they done? There was a massive post that went semi-viral where Amazon, once you've clicked, like someone's clicked on your ad as they've gone through and landed on your product page. Uh, and for an Amazon product at half the price, there's <laughs> a gift that's floating around. So basically, you may have paid, as an example, $3 for that click. Now, people are going to lose out because they're going to scroll and there's all of the other opportunities as you scroll down the page. You know, under the buy box, you've got the AMS-style ads and the, brand, uh, the branded ads. As you scroll down, then you've got frequently bought together and you've got yeah. what else you've got you, you remember uh, yeah. and what else is there there's the sponsored ads i mean there's literally ads everywhere <laughs> yeah it's just littered you know as it gets past your image and title and down into the buy box area that it, you know once they scroll past there you may lose them as a customer so amazon stepped up even further <laughs> by adding adding a pop-up literally so as you get through to the page, a pop-up, like I think this was for a supplement, so it was $19.99, and then save up to 50% or whatever it was, and then Amazon was doing theirs at a cheaper price. Yeah. So that's like, to me, that's a bit naughty. That's, 
I've not seen that in advertising. Like that's cloaking kind of falling into those kind of realms where it's a bit naughty, a bit bait and switch for the advertiser. It benefits the customer, but it's not a good way to build a relationship with an advertiser by utilizing those techniques when someone's paid for the click you know it's true i mean well i, I brought that up because you, you know we're as we're saying why they brought this brand analytics tool but at the same time they're popping this kind of stuff out at the same time too so they're, they're trying to bring everybody onto the you know obviously some what is it, over 50 percent of the google you know it's it's over already past google for a product search as a first you know destination so i mean we brands have to be here but um they're giving us some data, but then they're at putting some scary stuff like that in, in there as well. But I think, yeah, but that as no one's noticed it for a while. So I think what maybe Amazon's always testing. So True. they may have tested that, got caught with it, and then it's gone viral and then pulled back because True. public opinion was like, no, this, this doesn't fly, you know? Yeah, true. So and I haven't, I haven't seen it for about a month or so. So I'm assuming that was a test and it's gone again. So I think maybe getting towards the end of here, I mean, it's been, I think what I'm thinking is uh, just, you have to get brand registry, right? I mean, as a seller, yeah. this is just another reason, you know, you got to get your file, your trademark, whether it's, you know, UK, which is interesting for me today. I learned about maybe a little bit faster than the U S and, uh, or anywhere, you know, I think it's, I think if, you know, to just survive the long game in Amazon, probably anywhere, whether it's even a product business, service business, is to build a brand. But I think this is another reason on there. It seems that's a trend, right? Yeah. So, so for sure, I mean, people should, should, should get this, maybe not just for the data, but also for more benefits. I mean, there's obviously, there's a storefront. I don't know if you've, you know, if you think that's worth worth it, but uh, you know, sell, uh, yeah, brand, brand registry is great because it gives you EBC, you know, enhanced brand content. You get your store pages. You've got better usage of the branded ads. You've got you've got all of these extras in there. People misconstrued thinking that uh, brand registry uh, is basically the way to lock your listing away from other sellers, which isn't true. Um, there's not many people that get gated listings and they're under special circumstances, but people get confused by that. Registry protects you from a lot of things, but it doesn't protect from people coming on your on your onto your listing. One of the other things that you should do with all your listings, going back to the hijacking thing, is that when people share listings and like if there are spare bullet points and stuff, people start to complete those and you know it gets confusing with the catalog contributions. So you should always make sure that every field on your listing where possible is to be completed. And then people that do jump on your listings are not thinking, oh, I'll add some more extra images here. I'll add two bullet points and then put in a... Um, like a description or whatever. So always make sure that you pre-populated your listings as thoroughly as possible. Makes sense. Definitely good input. And then the product video, I think, is still only for US for brand, at the moment. I think. Yeah, and brand yeah, registry, I think. I think too, maybe. But uh, I mean, I have I've got videos on my list listings. I'm even in the video, one of them. <laughs> for, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just generally, I think people, even if they're not so attractive, even if today's interview, maybe they're like, ah, brand analytics, but I think just in general, file your, your, uh, your brand registry, you know, get, get your, build your brand. Uh, I think that's, that's the biggest takeaway and uh, hopefully can also benefit from this tool. And yeah. And I think you'll probably find a lot of your listeners that the ones that are actually selling on Amazon 
probably i'd say half if not more are in brand registry people just go for it now don't they they just go right let's go and get a trademark get that because yeah. it just opens up the playing field for the various tools so it all, all becomes part and parcel of it so if that's the case then all they've got to do is go under that menu and pull up branded analytics and have a play with it definitely so i'd love to hear people checking it out and so for you yeah i know we've been talking quite a bit the last couple of weeks i'm excited to hear about your first live event in-person events i know those are quite a big uh, undertaking so seller sessions yes. live is a couple months away i'll get the show out pretty soon and in june first first right yeah. at the beginning first in in london Saturday. yeah Saturday first of june yeah and uh, what maybe some listeners could come out what it's a full day event am i right and yeah that's it i can give you a bit of background on it sure please yeah so so basically there are events that go on in the uk but we wanted to do something a little bit more you know a bit different you know for us this isn't about making money right so for us is about setting and raising the bar in the uk for better education for sellers like i interviewed some guys the other day in china they had 40 events in two months exactly. that's incredible you know yeah it's true and for us if it was about the money then our ticket prices would be a lot higher but they're not so what we're trying to do is bring in the world's best talent and putting them all under one roof so uh we're trying to do the same with the you know curate on the podcast do my best to ask you know the right questions but now we've expanded that into like a live format with keynotes uh in the uk as i said the bar's not super high so for instance what people are charging for one international speaker to come into town is what we're charging and we've got six yeah so the way i look at it is that in the u.s market they're very much spoiled you know every month there's lots of speakers lots of events in lots of different cities so eventually what we want to try and do here in the uk is we want to be spot for choice, but first we have to raise the bar, you know? Um, so what we're trying to do is help with the building and the sustainable educational culture here in the UK. Uh, so we're, basically what we're doing is putting our money where our mouth is, but in order to do that, you've got to build the infrastructure, right? Sure. Um, so we've been with seller sessions for the last couple of years. We've been putting out high-end content for Amazon sellers. So everyone's in reach of this content and we've been doing it for free, right? Um, we, we feel we do a lot more than most for the UK in terms of the Amazon FBA community. Um, and basically we're putting in the work to, for the long game for this. So we speak directly with Amazon to build deeper trust of the community. Uh, we just done a webinar for them last month, which was a pilot. They don't normally invite people at external of Amazon to come on and do stuff. So we're working on some new web, uh, webinar content for them for the, for their audience and we're also working with the barcode company gs1 for initiatives for their amnesty program we also do a blog for them for their thirty-six thousand brand members in the uk educating nice. them on amazon who are not on amazon so basically what it comes down to is like we're trying to help with the culture here build out the community and of course the infrastructure so in terms of like the lineup for the day we've got Ivelyn demarov so Ivelyn, he's often copied without attribution. He's one of the most advanced guys in our industry, always breaking new ground. Okay. We've got Anthony Lee, who um, he appeared at your events when we came yeah, over yeah. last year. Yeah, a couple of great. Things. Yeah. And you know how smart he is. He's like he's way a, ahead of the curve. Yeah, he's yeah. a machine. He, he, uh, he's got he's the an end. absolute machine. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he, he's also, also very open in sharing 
what he does on his blogs, etc. And then we've got Lee Rand Hirschkorn. He spends a lot of time going to Seattle. We give some feedback on their programs. Again, very open with sharing his findings. Uh, great all-round technical marketer. Um, and then we've got Paul Harvey. I'm not sure if you met Paul. Not everyone's heard of him yet, but he's very technically gifted and good at breaking down complex information. Great. So he's very early on the messenger bot thing. And nice. he built software to get around the limitations of the product on the market. Obviously I'll be speaking and we've also got Casey Goss from Viral Launch. I mean, they've, I mean, I think uh, he founded that at 21 and like that was a startup and now it's got 60 plus staff. Um, they've done over 40,000 launches and they've helped generate about 7 billion in revenue for their Amazon clients as well. Amazing. And then um, we've got hosting, co-hosting on the day with myself is Athena uh, Severi. Um, she'd be taking care of all the speakers and dealing, you know, integrating with the crowd and doing feedback and stuff. She's done China magic and she puts on events. She comes over and she's been involved with putting events on for Celicon, um, and dinners and stuff. And she spoke at like the China sourcing summit and places like that. Great. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be an amazing one and definitely listeners, hopefully can, some people can make it out and say hi and, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're, we're you know, you, you share amazing content. I mean, your podcast is very in-depth and technical. If, if people aren't already subscribed, definitely check out Danny Seller Sessions. I think it ranks really high for Amazon and keywords and iTunes and other tools. And I know you're putting a lot to build this, build a community, not just in the UK, but globally. And I always appreciate it, uh, what you do and, and uh, wish you the best. I'm sure it'll be a great first one and many more to come. Hopefully, yeah. So we're excited. We've done well so far. Sold out the super early birds. We've got a handful of early birds left and eight weeks to go and um, it's all looking good. Great. And then a little teaser, but, you know, uh, we'll get you back out to this side of the world in Asia for our fourth annual cross-border summit and this time in Guangzhou and yes. uh, October 22nd, 23rd. And uh, it will be, it'll be great. I mean, we'll, we'll, We'll share more as the dates. Still, we've got some quite a bit of time, but we've been preparing earlier every year, and uh, and uh, I'm excited to have you out here too, Danny. That'd be great. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, thanks for your time today, and uh, we'll let you get on with your other amazing work. No worries. Thank you very much. Take care. Are you looking for a cross-border payment solution in Asia? I know I was, and I'm lucky I found GoRemit.hk an official sponsor here at Global From Asia, and I do really uh, use them. For many years, they've helped this show pay our amazing editors and posters and content people to get the show online, and they have come through and supported us. And I'd love for you to take a look at goremit.hk for your payments into China, into Vietnam, into Philippines, into Thailand. I think here at Global From Asia, we see the trend of Southeast Asia coming up, and that means you're gonna have to have either more bank accounts or bank wires or other solutions. And definitely one of them is goremit.hk. Check them out, free to sign up. Of course, there's a KYC account opening process, but they're a good affordable solution for you to get money to different parts of Asia from your Hong Kong-based bank. Check them out. All right, the kids are watching the airplane. I'm, I'm just going to do my recording by myself on the blah, blah, blah section after the interview. Thank you, Danny, for that amazing content. I, you know, I think him and I are similar. We give 
so much free information on the internet. And uh, I really wish him the best with his event, Seller Sessions, June 1st in London. SellerSessions.com slash live, L-I-V-E. And uh, send him my best. Great guy. So we also logged in after the show recording and I also have the access to this tool. I link to it in the show notes too so that you can uh, you can also see how to log in because I thought it was brandregistry.amazon.com but it's a different link. So as, as we as you can imagine, Amazon is massive. So you've got to be a little bit careful that you're logging into the right system. But it gave me some insights about trends, actually some different stuff than he had seen. Maggie... Hi. Hi. Okay. So what I got out of it was, you know, some trends about seasonality in it, as well as just some other keywords. I did honestly, I'll be very honest, this town doesn't have so much volume, so it didn't give me so much data, but it gave me some ideas of what could be there. And even Danny got some new ideas because it seems different on different people's accounts, whether a U.S. seller or a... UK seller seems a little bit different as of now. Of course, this is changing rapidly. But just about brands in general, you know, we've had Mayer on the show, and you know, we're we're all just talking about the value of a brand long term. And I think that's all this valuable. Hopefully, Gold Major has a good brand. Maybe it's not the most clear because I know some people said they're not into the Amazon content that listen to the show. Uh, you know, we do kind of do a wide range of content. We'll try to do it around e-commerce and cross-border business in Asia and China and stuff like that. But, you know, what what uh, a brand should be is what somebody thinks of when you're not in a room. That's what Jeff Bezos says. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, what I would say is, uh, really, it's about people trusting what they're buying is going to be what they buy. You know, like... In, in Thailand, you know, there's tons and tons of McDonald's and KFCs. And obviously there's these no-brand ones. I even try to go to no-brand ones. If if you want to hear a funny story, I got blocked from going to a coffee shop here <laughs> just like a couple of days ago. I do my morning work, even though I'm with the family. They, they let me do my morning work, so I sneak to a coffee shop. I try to support the local places, so I go to... Uh, I don't think they're a chain. I think it's just a, a random-owned uh, coffee shop. And I plugged in, and I ordered a coffee, and and uh, it was like a Tuesday. And I, you know, I worked from about 8 a.m. until about 11.30, left for lunch, bought two coffees. You know, very crazy low price. Obviously, it was like 30 baht, which is about one U.S. dollar a cup, so I had two cups. And then I left, and the next day I came back around 8 a.m., was putting my bag down, telling her another Americano, and she's like, okay, uh, you can order, you can sit, but you can't use the electricity today. You can use the Wi-Fi. And I'm like, why? Why?" And I guess I didn't make enough money, or she's nervous about the electricity bill from a few hours of my working there to her... uh, ROI on the dollar coffee, two dollars of coffee income. That's not my problem. I picked uh, or that. I was like the normal price, everything on there. 
so I didn't stay. I didn't buy. I said, cancel the coffee. Sorry, I mean, I need uh, power. My laptop dies. I mean, it's an old Mac Air that lasts for like a half an hour to an hour. If I don't, you know, I can't really get any work done if it's just uh, plugged in for, uh, you know, half an hour. I need, need a few hours to work in the morning without my kids and craziness. So anyway, I had to leave. And then, you know, where I went, I was like, I went to Starbucks Honestly, I'm not a hater, but it's not my top choice, you know. It's just, but as a brand, you know, you know, whether it's KFC or McDonald's or, or uh, Starbucks, people know when they go inside what they're gonna get. I know I could get a power plug. I know that there was Wi-Fi. I know that there was a coffee, and I paid three U.S. dollars for a coffee, and I got two. So yeah, they made six dollars off me, and I worked from. Well, by that time, it was like 8.30 a.m. because I had to leave the first coffee shop and go and find it, walk around, you know, you know how it is, plug, find the outlet, find connected to the Wi-Fi, although I did hotspot, so I just needed electricity, really. But anyway, you know, that, what I'm saying about branding is that is branding, right? You know, people know that they go to Starbucks, the coffee's going to be, I don't know, 2 to $5 U.S., and they know that... This, this loudspeaker is so loud. But, you know, basically that's what I mean is whether it's a product or a service or a food, you know what you're going to get when you go in. So that's why people sometimes don't want to go to a local coffee shop because they don't know if they're going to get Wi-Fi, electricity, how much the coffee's going to cost, if it's going to be good or not. But if you go to a brand, you know. So that's the real that's the real value. And I hope they didn't change my gate. Um, but so whether you're an Amazon seller or whether you're a coffee shop owner, uh, consistency is what it's all about. People know it's going to be a quality product. They know it's going to be the way that they like it and they don't need to worry about it. So just lost <laughs> maybe it's not the best idea to just in an uh, airport. But as far as, as brands, you know, the other thing I was, I was reading different listings and I saw some frequently asked questions and somebody asking a specification on a certain product. And the answer from the seller was, oh, I'll ask the manufacturer or I'll ask the brand owner. This is what their answer was. And they, I think they even put an email address of the factory where they're the seller, but they're not the brand, right? I don't think that's the big value to be the seller. Of course, you're making money, but I think the real value is being the brand. So the best is if you can be both. And we had Theory on a few weeks ago. He's doing the toy industry expert. And he had, uh, you know, helping to working with this uh, OEM manufacturer to build their own brands. You know, being the seller, you know, you're going to make the money whether, you know, you know short term. But the long term value is, is the brand. That's where... Uh, that's the hard part, of course. To how do you build a brand? Obviously, that can't be done in my ten-minute blah 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 at the end of the show. But you know that. And the other key is you can see is Amazon's giving these tools and data only to people that have brand registry. So I have brand registry 2.0 with the Sisitano business, so I was able to get access to that. But they don't seem to really want to help or give data to not registered brands. Um, it makes you even think about WeChat. WeChat, you know, they let anybody join groups, but then they started making have WeChat Pay connected in order to join a group of over 100 people or something like this. So 
I have this feeling that Amazon's going to do that with registered brands. I think the trend is to build a brand, and I don't. Hopefully, you don't need to do that just because of Amazon, but. That is the the real value, and I made huge mistakes in my first bar products business. I didn't register a product brand. I had New York Bar Store, and I registered a trademark as just as a retailer, as an online retailer. I didn't register. Oh, I had an LED pour spout, but it's a very niche product for one specific category of products I sold. But I think the goal you should have as a seller is to build a brand. That uh, it's not just not just for Amazon either, but that can be used for multiple different products or categories, or at least a wide range of goods that, of course, are focused and related, so that people could understand that. Um, but it's never too late if you didn't do it. You know, he it is a bummer. Like you know, Danny said, actually, that's a cool trick about the faster faster trademark in the UK. I did learn that one. But yeah, in the US, it's, it takes a few months to even get an one of those uh, U.S. trademark government officials to even look at your file. So if you file the U.S. trademark, you'll uh, have to wait a few months for her to even look at it, and then hopefully there's no questions or problems. But if there is, then you got to go back and deal with uh, answering those questions from the... I'm forgetting the name of that person, but basically the government rep that's checking your case, your serial number you're filing. But that's the real value. But yeah, it's going to take time. You know, first you got to get file, file trademark, you got to get brand registry. But they're unlocking features like product photo, I mean, videos, EBC, all these features. And now this tool that Danny and I were talking about, I think this is going to be a growing trend for Amazon or just the world in general. And, you know, maybe you won't have to mass produce in China or in Asia. You can do just in time production. And all that's going to really matter is the brand. And whether it's a product brand or a Starbucks coffee shop, people are going to buy what they know and trust because they don't got to worry about not having a power outlet when they go into a store because they know that that store will have a power outlet. That was a real bummer. I, I like the lady too, but I guess she just felt like my coffee wasn't worth it. So this is just a rant about coffee shops having power outlets. <laughs> They didn't even sell food. I couldn't even give her more money if I wanted to, or I could. I guess got to pump myself up with more than two coffees. But you know, or she would build a brand of having. Maybe she has. She grows a huge chain. She would be. People would know that that's the place to go if you don't want electricity and you just want a cheap cup of coffee. Maybe that would be their brand. At least it would be consistent, right? So you would know that that logo and that name means cheap coffee with no power outlets. And uh, maybe I'll leave it at that. I think I have a little bit more time for the flight boards. We'll look at some airplanes with my kids. Uh, have a great day, everybody, and let's build brands and value. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.